Today we're going to talk about the subject of marriage. And I, I would like to read to you just some statistics here that I've gathered over the years. Says this. 75% of family units will need counseling. At some time in their marriage. One out of two married couples will divorce eventually. The average duration will be about seven years. People that have been drawn together only by sexual attraction usually will last about three to five years in their marriage. Fifty percent of marriages experience an affair. 37% of ministers are involved in an inappropriate, some kind of an affair, sexual behavior. You know, when we look at these statistics, if these statistics are correct or anywhere close to being correct, we need to re-examine our understanding about love and marriage. You know, there's nothing really that has been that we desire so much as a good marriage as love, companionship that we're so thrilled about in the beginning that ends up in disaster. There's nothing that happens that way more than a failed marriage. So I think we need to go back to the manual, you know, if my refrigerator breaks, Refrigerator breaks down, I go to the manual and say, well, it says this about it. This is how it needs to be programmed or something. We need to go back to the manual of God's word and see what God says about marriage and what it is that we're doing or not doing that is correct that could lead us to have a lasting marriage, a lasting relationship. Now, let me just say this. God designed marriage. It was his idea. It wasn't man's idea. And marriage was designed way back in the Garden of Eden before the fall of man. And this is, I'd like to read a passage out of Genesis chapter 2 about marriage. 
Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. In marriage, first of all, there is a leaving of your closest relationships. Father and mother. There's nothing more close than your father and mother. But in marriage, there's a refocusing of your life upon another individual. Whether you're leaving your family, your father and your mother, to refocus your life upon each other. Then the Bible says here there's a cleaving unto your wife. The word cleave means cleave means glue to, stick to, adhere to. And let me just say this. Anything that's not causing your wife and you and your relationship to bring you closer together to glue to, stick to, adhere to. Well, then you should stop doing it. Stop doing it if it's not bringing you closer together. If you're saying things to your wife or your husband, it's not bringing you closer together. You need to stop saying those things. If you're doing things or ignoring your partner and going out basically doing your own thing and not dwelling with your wife according to knowledge as the Bible says, you need to stop those things because it's not cleaving. The command in marriage was to cleave, to glue to, to stick to. If you're doing anything whatsoever, regardless of what it is, that is causing you to go apart instead of coming together and gluing yourself back together. You need to change your conduct. Here's a good principle. Matthew chapter 7 verse 12 says, Jesus said, whatever you would want someone to do to you, do to them. What is it you would want your wife to do for you? Do for her? See, someone said, uh, Love, marriage, sexuality starts in the kitchen. It starts with 
acts of kindness. Consideration. See, love is kind. And you build an atmosphere to express your love to one another. If you don't build that atmosphere to express love to one another, then you've got an empty thing. Even if in your marriage relationship you have sexuality, it's empty without creating the atmosphere of love in which it was meant to be used. I just want to say a thing, a few things about marriage here today. Marriage is a covenant. It's a covenant between two people. You exchange your name in marriage. In a covenant, you exchange your name. You become one with that person. You share your resources with one another. In, a, in marriage, you're to become a helpmate to one another, a helper. Is what you're doing in your relationship helping that other person? Or are you destroying them? The book of Proverbs says a lot of things about a nagging woman, a nagging wife. The Bible says a lot of things about a lazy, slothful husband that will not work, that will not provide, will not create an atmosphere of security for his wife. So there's a covenant, a binding together that goes along in marriage. And then our actions need to prove. You see, love, according to 1 John 3.18, is not in word and tongue, but it's in deed and truth. You might say, honey, I love you, but is your actions proving otherwise by the things that you're doing by your neglect by your harsh words by your refusing to communicate not just say yeah I went to work how's the weather today but to communicate and to share with one another on deep levels. Let me say this. You see, sin came into the first marriage. It didn't come into the first church. It came into the first marriage. 
And there's nothing the enemy would want to attack more than our marriage. And I would say a good definition of love would be unselfishness. The unselfish concern for the other individual. To seek their betterment, their welfare. The only problem is, is that sin has caused us to be like a sheep to go our own way. We love ourselves, that's why there's divorce. There's why there's unhappy marriages. Because we love us, you're not doing it like I want you to do it. But you need, we need to be strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. To consider our mate. The Bible says to honor them. To esteem them. Like our own flesh. You know if my flesh gets hungry, I feed it. You know, if I have a weakness or infirmity, I don't expose it before others. You should do the same. With your mate. You should honor them, value them, precious in your sight. And you know, it's really not in finding the right person in marriage, it's in becoming the right person. You see, it's in becoming the right person. If we become the right person, if we can get a hold of the principles of love taught in the scriptures regardless of our dysfunctional family and where we've come from we can operate in love and we can know how to love the other person it will work Praise God, it will work. Well, I just want to say this in closing today. That the love we're to love our mate with is really not a love of passion. As much as it's a love of seeking the welfare and benefit of that other individual. And I'd like for you to right now, in closing this session, to do a, a, a few things. I'd like for you to do this. First of all, right now, I would like for you to go before God and thank God for his great love for you. Because 
His great love for you is similar to a marriage. He wants us to be the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. And I want you right now in these closing minutes to thank about God and thank God for his love for you. Secondly, I would like for you to thank God for your mate. You know, a lot of things can do can happen if we will pray for our mate instead of criticizing our mate. I would like for you to consider praying for your mate. Thanking God for your mate. And understanding your own weakness and your own infirmity. You pray for your wife or your husband. And in their weakness. And pray to God for an understanding. How that you might better minister to them. Thank God for your mate. And then I want you to determine in your heart. That you will do and speak. Acts of love for your mate today. Just ask the Holy Spirit, what can I do today? An action, or what is it I can say to my mate today that would create an atmosphere of love? And you know what? If you have an attitude towards changing yourself instead of changing that other person, there is a force that's greater than evil and sin. And Romans 12 tells, it, tells us this way. It says, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. You may be having problems in your marriage today. But I want to tell you what. You can over overcome those problems. If you don't focus on the problem in that other person. But if you focus on the good that you can do, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that can overcome the evil in that situation today. God bless you.